0: Hi, everyone. Welcome to the what is the first ever uh, Warzone Heresy Scotland podcast, maybe the only Warzone Heresy Scotland podcast. So it's great to have you with us. Um, We have decided to do this just as kind of a retrospective for our recent uh, Horus Heresy event. Um, It's part two of the Gatekeeper sequence and i can't remember what it was ac- <laughs> what it was actually called i know the planet is in my head safehold it's called the harrowing of safehold the harrowing that of Campbell safehold i forgot i'm yeah. so sorry <laughs> my name's struan uh, as you'll probably be able to tell from my accent i am not natively scottish um, i am another australian taking over another Horace heresy podcast <laughs> on behalf of my <laughs> homeland <laughs> Um, real Foucault's boomerang shit coming back (laughs) (laughs) cool Um, so my name's Struan Uh, we've got five of us here from a team of six Uh, we're just going to introduce ourselves quick and um, we'll crack on from there so let's go clockwise from my left hello
1: I'm Graham Uh, I am one of the mission design kind of team so to speak by Safehold uh, I currently run Dark Angels, my main army at the minute, and I also have Alpha Legion, Thousand Sons, and various other b- mad projects, for want of a better term, in progress.
2: And I also have a lot of the scenery
1: <laughs> for the group as well, <laughs> in my many cupboards.
2: <laughs> uh, I'm Nick, uh, also rules design, uh, fewer armies, just Empress Children and Thousand Sons, um, but quite a lot of them. Uh, less scenery, <coughs> but still some. Uh, fewer cupboards <laughs>
3: i'm unclear on the sort of delta between my cupboard count and graham's but uh the main thing that my cupboards filled with are just sort of models we've not really been doing much of the train stuff like you guys and currently i'm working on night lords and imperial fists and i'm called chris <laughs>
4: uh, i'm alex and um, i didn't know everyone had um titles so I, at the moment i'm currently untitled because i'm new um i am empress children player um got some black shields i used in version one which haven't got rules yet so we'll have to wait and see Mm -hmm. um and i have no cupboards full of scenery (laughs) so sad i know
0: right (laughs) um and back to me my name's struan i have collected variously over the years um but my, my main thrust at the moment is my Iron Hands. I've got about 5,000 points of ultramarines as well, but they're currently sitting in the garage. Um, it's the best place for them. It's them. Yeah, <laughs> let's, let's be honest. Um, and looking to crack on into 2023 with a Blood Angels uh, recon company air cavalry list, which I've been working towards for so long now. That's, that's so what, very long that's what
2: everybody who takes a lot of Nemesis Bolters says yeah oh, oh I always had that in mind
0: <laughs> yes but I have the receipts <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I literally have the receipts because I've bought all of the crap um, from uh, like I don't have cupboards I have a garage what full. is a garage if not a bigger cupboard that's exactly. true <laughs> that's true it's just with a. I have a cupboard with a roller door yeah <laughs> <laughs> Um, so yeah, we're we're kind of doing this podcast just as a as a means of helping out people at, at least initially. Who sorry, oh, Nick, oh just I was
2: just gonna say that <laughs> our missing member is
0: is Tom. Yes, um, Tom here in spirit, beloved Tom, but not in Mike. <laughs> yeah, no, Tom. Tom is one of our one of our founding members, I believe. Technically, we're uh, all equalists and egalitarian approach to right. heresy podcast. That's fair. I did come in later and then Alex is also <laughs> No you're in, in charge <laughs> <laughs> I'm just the Coup. guy who owns the recording <laughs> yeah, <Coup d'etats>. stuff <laughs> um, so check out Tom on Instagram he's uh, phalanx underscore painting I don't is it phalanx is it phalanx I don't actually know how that word is pronounced, but I'm Australian and my grasp of the English language is somewhat rudimentary. I'm gonna <laughs> confidently allegedly say phalanx. Phalanx. Yeah. Phalanx. Yeah. Yeah. Phalanx painting. Phalanx yeah. underscore painting. Um Tom Tom's work is is magic. He's so good with a brush. Um so check him out. Give him a follow if you haven't already. Um but as I was as I was saying before, Nick very helpfully interrupted with the thing that I'd suggested that we do and then completely <laughs> forgot. Um, we are kind of just trying to structure this podcast in such a way as to um, help people who want to put on Horace heresy events or 30 K events themselves. Um, because we've, we've done a couple now and they've been relatively successful, fairly well received. The feedback's been pretty good. Um, and so we just want to give some pointers some of our experiences about um how to structure narrative how to structure missions player engagement that kind of thing and some of our kind of the things that we feel make our events maybe not necessarily unique but just give a bit more uh What's the word I'm looking for? I think the, Oh, <laughs> fantastic word. Yeah, that was word. not the word I was going to say. Which is why your word was better.
3: I, I think the thing is that when we started the sort of Wars on Heresy kind of moniker of the group, I think one of the things that Graham and I were quite keen to do, try to put on campaign and gaming days and events, the sorts of things we'd like to go to that at that stage, and I'm still not convinced we're kind of fully there, don't really seem to be a major feature of the Scottish Heresy scene. There's lots of good events but really sort of narrative heavy ones written from the ground up, mission designs, sort of custom yeah. character development, mm. bringing in other elements of other gaming systems, more role-playing elements. Um, so I think that's kind of where we, that was our starting point. So I think yeah. you're probably right. I think we mm. are maybe unique in our little space in Scotland, but couldn't, couldn't speak wider than that.
0: Yeah, and I think, so you just reminded me of a... I th- I think it's a it's a, a quote, not necessarily a quote because I'm not going to try and quote it but it's an idea from George Lucas is that he made he wanted to make movies that he wanted to go and see. Mm. I think Spielberg was kind of the same yeah and seen. from that we've ended up with Star Wars, we've ended up with Indiana Jones you know these mm. not necessarily the the more recent additions to those series but <laughs> kind of the initially at least were universally beloved um, yeah. And so I think that's that's a that's a good angle to to kind of try and certainly aspirational yeah Yeah. is that is the whole point (laughs) we're trying to put on events that we ourselves would would enjoy and would think are great and so from that perspective um just going into a bit of a bit of a look back to the harrowing of safehold event uh which was early october yeah Yeah. Yeah. about a little over a month ago yeah Yeah. just over a
3: month ago i think next week's the four week that's right. Point. Seems like a lot longer ago. Yeah. It does. Well, I <laughs> think because they're so long in the making. Well, I yeah. mean, to be fair, in, game, in,
2: in that time frame, we have had what three different governments and two different monarchs. So, <laughs> <laughs> when you, yeah, when you, when you sort of yeah. you say it like that, it does I seem like quite a lot's happened in the intervening yeah, few I weeks. Know.
0: It, yeah. Cool. Um, so, just coming in from, I guess, the narrative perspective first. What is what is the gatekeeper se- sequence for people who aren't necessarily au fait with uh, our setting
3: how unreasonable that they're not okay with their unique <laughs> custom <laughs> setting uh, so I, I think probably probably to answer that question i think the first straightforward answer it's our little part of the heresy so um sort of setting our campaigns and our narrative events and a sort of immediately post as fan timeline and that kind of little corner of space of was like cementum obscure? I'm looking at. Yes, it is. Oh, thanks. I'm yeah. looking at our North map left master. Left. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Alex, oh, that can be uh, my title. Yeah, 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 stellar cartographer.
0: It. That's right. Yeah, Lord <laughs> of Stellar cartography.
3: <laughs> that was your title. Oh, that's, that's like, like the best it. title. Yeah, that's good. Um, so that little kind of corner of space, which I think sort of in the official canon, is a little bit sketched out, but immediately post this fan, as a bit of a black hole, really in the story. So it's trying to bring some of the unspoken history of that immediate post this battle and then stitching into the wider sort of tapestry of the heresy. So that was kind of, that's the long answer. The short answer is uh, we wanted to do a mortality event. So we set it somewhere where, conceivably, there would be zone Mortality type things happening. And then the title of the Gatekeeper sequence was Always is a bit of an in-joke uh, for Graham and I because we were accused quite early on of, of gatekeeping because of <laughs> some <laughs> of the uh, <coughs> challenges we found in playtesting certain armies and that we didn't feel that at very low yeah. points level in version one, Zone Mortalis, that they were suitable. Yeah. So I think some people, I think rightly, were a bit disgruntled Oops. at that. But I think proof is in the pudding and we did playtest and found they were not suitable. So we kind of yeah. took that insult and made it a bit of a badge, I think. Yeah, <laughs> so we have to <laughs> keep that, yeah. Tur- turn the negative into the positive. That's yeah, exactly. also what we're trying to do, so...
1: Yeah.
0: And um, who was the gatekeeper? In, or who is the gatekeeper? Who is gatekeeper? How so does she get to safe hold? Yeah, mm.
3: so um, I think one of the things that we've quite liked writing in the stories is that kind of uh, player versus player and then, again, trying to be a bit unique, sort of player versus player versus enemy. So while we've got the sort of traditional loyalist versus traitor sort of narrative, uh, in the background that kind of classic tension that's picked up through all the campaign missions and the design having a kind of third antagonist with other things going on and that was mainly a bit of a design mechanic so we could have things like non-player characters or special missions or upgrades and things that could be handed out in a sort of ad hoc basis so that's kind of where it came from sort of a uh, mechanically in a game design way and then narratively that developed as a sort of rogue ai stolen from the early sort of years of the great crusade by ferris manis and rapidly found to be quite dangerous as they always are the sort of heretic abominations and then locked away in this uh special kind of prison come weapons research lab called iron crag and that's where his Zone mortalis event was set so uh in the immediate aftermath spoilers she escapes and that brings us on to safehold
0: magic perfect so in terms of in terms of laying uh kind of I guess, uh, playable groundwork for that setting. Graham and Nick, you guys were kind of chiefly putting together the missions for Safehold and for Ironcrag as well. Yeah. Um, How how was it for you guys, not only um, designing the missions in such a way that incorporated NPCs, that incorporated these kind of special extra bits, but also taking from... Like moving from heresy original flavor to mm. 2.0, mm. Um, play testing, mission design, et cetera, et cetera. Like, how, how did you find? Because obviously, I wasn't there, so I, mm. I was only able to do a little bit of play testing, and I don't think I, I, I may have only done a tiny bit. Um, how did you guys take what was like initially designed for regular heresy, translated into 2.0, and then balance it up. Yeah, judge <laughs> <shoo's it> up, <laughs> it up even Pizzaz it up,
2: sorry. I mean, it's probably it's probably worth just briefly going through like the the kind of layout <laughs> of the day because we had the first day was three games of uh, 1,500 point centurion. Yeah. Second day was two games of uh, doubles, so kind of same armies, but paired up and fighting Mm. each other. Um, And those kind of like most of the missions that were kind of played by kind of all the players were written by me. But like most of like the NPC stuff, the PvP, PvE, um, uh, all written by Graham um, and also had a a very neat Planetary Empires uh, set map. up for, for the captains to pick where they were attacking yes. and resources to be claimed yeah. I mean
1: I think the thing is as Chris was saying because we're trying to be a bit more unique it, it is a bit more work a lot of what I do initially when I'm looking at planning missions I just go start raking through books and looking at all the missions and thinking oh that looks cool mm. and that's generally how I start is I think that's a cool mission how can I rewrite that into a mission yeah. that we can use and that's that shows my starting point for most of my missions I mean I look into this I had Cities of Death I had the old Planetary, planetary Planet Strike Yep, a, yep. a little planet strike there's all sorts of PDFs from time gone by looking out and just going through them and picking out missions I thought that would be really cool if I could play it and again it comes back to the narrative it's really cool if what would we like to do I would yeah, like that was yeah. a really cool mission to play and that's mm-hmm. generally our starting point
2: yeah so the, the same process was for it was the same process for me for the general missions. Um, a lot of the ones were things like the Shadow War missions that were things like that I'd want to play. So one of the ones was um, a deployment map where you, kind of, you, ha- you have cir- little circular deployments that you kind of airdrop into yeah. that I've always thought was a really cool mission that I've just never got a chance to play or seen kind of in any events. So I was like, that's going to be in this event and I'm going to watch other people play it and live vicariously through that. <laughs> um, I think one of the things in terms of like, you know, if you're looking to plan an event we did do quite a lot of playtesting, So we yeah. played the missions kind of over and over again and uh, kind of played them both in version one. And then when it swapped over to version two, we had to you know, keep play testing them to, uh, to rejig them to work. Um, and I think the thing that we found um, and was kind of reflected in some of the feedback that we got was that we ended up playing the missions, you know, sort of like two dozen times or yeah. so. And so some of the like special... Uh, missions in terms of the deployment and then like unique the way the unique missions worked um we kind of got to know quite well off um like you know off off by heart yeah that then kind of players on the day were at, at times a little bit overwhelmed by the interactions yeah. and um and so kind of going forward it's like okay maybe having just like special mission rules and a more standard deployment or yeah. kind of vice versa yes. it's not quite as overwhelming on the day yeah
1: i think as you said yeah, it's because we we have played most of the missions through and we have it's went back and forth with them saying oh we can do this take this out add this in so we know quite we'll we basically it's like pre-warned we know <laughs> what to expect nobody else knows what to expect and yeah some of that is about how the players take it as well some people are really into it some people aren't really into it. like suddenly a random mission appears but i think yeah. i think <laughs> overall overall i think it went pretty well like, oh yeah. I,
3: think, I suppose other things. you guys have got a very high baseline understanding of the game so although i've been playing since the first book i probably nowhere um, <laughs> <laughs> you guys i think in a positive way come at the game with a really good understanding of the m- fundamental mechanics yeah. and, and particularly you, <clears throat> like a really grounded understanding of the rules and the different interactions mm. i think that's the thing that sometimes i, I find as well when you play a, a new mission it mm. can be quite tricky but you guys i think did a good job of capturing that feel of playing a new mission at a black book um, maybe a black group you've never read before mm. but also making it palatable enough that you don't need to be like an expert of the game to play so I would yeah definitely commend you on that because I've enjoyed playtesting the missions I did yeah. do mm. where sometimes I find the big black book missions when Graham and I have played them just a bit overwhelming yeah.
1: for a pickup game yeah. I mean I think some of the thing is that I was taking missions and looking and saying that looks really cool how do we do X but without changing it so much that it makes it completely different and also might actually break the game in such a way. And I think we've done, mm-hmm. I think to be fair without making our heads up, we've done quite well with that. I don't think there was anything that was really kind of unbalanced, but at the same time, you've got to understand people play armies different ways and have different armies and you yeah. can't account for every scenario. But I think on the basis of it, I don't think there was any horrendous things in either the main missions or the specialist missions that
3: we keep quite excessively closely. one-sided. We keep quite closely in touch as well so the <coughs> going back just very briefly to the narrative the narrative is written hand in hand with the missions so it's done as a branching campaign so that um, there's kind of quite good I felt quite yeah. crossovers crossover as you were saying like the kind of cool bits the extra bits around the margins that maybe secondary objectives that were more relevant in the story yeah. terms to bring yeah. that through.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Oh, yeah, I mean Chris. Chris had the kind of every location on the planet identified quite early on. I think pretty much after Iron Crag ended. <laughs> was the first and thing I, we wrote. <laughs> yeah, and was, within like hours, the PDF was landing in my email inbox. But from that, I've went out and got Planetary Empires tiles, and then I've made each location kind of uniqueish on the map, and then wrote a mission for each of the kind of locations. So I think that's that kind of worked out quite well. I think and you guys it ties do, it all together really well.
3: You guys do a great job of making the setting. I think quite important as opposed to something that's tacked on at the end to just yeah. a generic sort of five mission sort of pack you kind of do it the other way almost you start with it you guys certainly as an observer come across as you take the narrative really seriously and then you bring that through the whole way through the missions rather than just yeah because
2: of- i think the for the for the generic missions the the feel that i was going for was everybody's just scrambling to take ground raiding places getting more established and you're trying to like breach some walls for end of day one and then day two is like you're banding together and kind of trying to you know do one last push to, to take stuff. And then either that's worked out well and you've got all the things you want or it's all gone really badly and you need to get the hell out of Dodge really quickly um, for like a combat extraction, which hopefully came across. So I think, Alex, you were kind of you know, playing for the missions. I don't know if that's, hopefully that's how it, it came across on the day.
4: Yeah, I was going to say, because I was going to talk a bit about the player perspective because I wasn't part of the team at the event. Uh, bullied my way on after <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah exactly what you guys are saying that kind of flow of the missions mm. um, and the sort of underlying narrative behind why you're playing those missions mm. came together really well and it wasn't like um, a confusing mess of special rules it was here's a you know, reasonably simple mission here's maybe like an extra rule that's cool and easy to remember and you actually want to remember because it, it does cool stuff and then the progression through those missions were actually pretty good. I think my perspective is a bit different because I managed to get onto two of the special missions. So I missed oh, yeah, out some of on a sort of, I don't that progression you were going for. Mm. Um, I got pulled off into two Zomortalis games, <laughs> um, which in itself is really cool. That you had these extra special missions that the captains go to the Planetary Empires um, little table we had set up and pick hey, I want to send this player to this location and do this special thing that then had an impact on sort of the rest of the um sort of campaign i
1: think think it's trying to tie it all together it's trying to tie the narrative into the missions and the missions into the actual game on the day to Mm. make the players involved in it rather than as chris was saying just here's a mission actually get player involvement i think it makes all the difference
3: having the captains i think on both events has really helped with that although again as a positive the captains at Seafold i think were probably slightly more engaged with the narrative aspect of it because they understood I think what we're kind of pitching a little bit better, which I think is probably to be expected, is that would improve as the events go on. And because, as Alex said, they were kind of a bit more engaged and having a bit more tactical thinking about how could the score points on the special missions and what armies would be good.
4: Yeah, I think that comes through from the event pack, because the event packs that you guys are putting out are uh, detailed. They actually have all the different things in it. Here's the captain position, this is what you're going to be doing, this is why. But you read Uh, the event pack. I did. I read (laughs) it several times. (laughs) Um, So I think that's probably
0: actually the most important takeaway that we can offer to anyone who is putting on an event is make your attendees, make your players read your event pack, because.
2: Break into the house. <laughs> Strap <laughs> them stra- stra- <laughs>
4: down to their beds. Clockwork pop- orange yeah. vibes. Yeah. Hypno yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. indoctrination. Well, it became a meme in the um, the WhatsApp chat of the bus driver pointing the signs. <laughs> it's yeah. in it's the event str- pack. Tap the sign. Yeah. I
1: mean it's something in the future we, we, I think we talked about it for Ancrack now it came to pass was having things that are actually printed, like an event pack yeah. printed and sent to players. Yeah. So if they have no excuse really at the time I've seen I didn't read this. Uh, the, oh no, well, you some
3: you of it's about benchmarking you know I, I think you're right some of the events we've seen that look amazing i think i would love mm. to attend and that's one of the things as you say Grand the do where they send out these sort of very glossy highly produced event packs and i think if that yeah. kind of lands through your doorstep one morning there's no way not to be excited about reading it and consuming yeah, the absolutely. content and, and really engaging with it and maybe that's something further down the line that we need to look at yeah
2: And i think there's also a degree of uh like positive reinforcement so like i i I think the prize support that we've got is really great, and I know that for both the both Iron and for Safehold, when we were have been kind of like totalling up scores for say like best army and stuff. That's like a cumulative sportsmanship, narrative kind of army uh, theme stuff. Um, some of which is voted by players, some of which is kind of decided by us. Mm-hmm. Um, things like the narrative score that are you know it's it's in it's very heavily emphasised in the event pack. This is important, kind of submitting that. A number of times, like we really like this army. It's well painted, but somebody's you know maybe not submitted any narrative. It's like if you'd have submitted even like a cu- you know a couple of paragraphs here, just to give us a rough sense, then you'd be in the running for some of these really great prizes that
4: uh, yeah i was gonna say it's a couple of paragraphs all you
2: need there's like there's, there's a minimum threshold that like obviously you know uh, when, when uh, you then when you then submit like a 27 page pdf or whatever
4: it was professionally produced yeah, yeah. ford black book that <laughs> <Yeah>. um, alex <laughs> normally sends to Graham. You know? yeah thesis. yeah i do go over a little bit overboard uh, my laptop charger died the other day so i was going to be working on it this week but but I think, again, right. part of it
3: speaks to the a- attendee group, isn't it? So I think, again, trying to turn negatives into positives, one of the things that we've been waiting against the narrative is born out of a little bit of frustration because we're all big heresy sort of lore geeks, gatekeepers, whatever you want to call us. So we love the stories, <laughs> love the books, love all the associated media you can consume with it. So it does feel a little bit of frustration when you put in a lot of like looking at Alex, Alex has got probably the best produced army background I've seen at any event, any stage ever. It's this yeah. comprehensive, detailed document, loads of great little stories it's in it. Almost to the day. It's brilliant. Yeah, it's oh. really, really well done. And even if it wasn't well done, the content would still be brilliant and still be really enthralling and interesting to read. Oh,
4: thank you very much. <laughs> You're welcome. But the, I
3: think there's events you've, I'm sure, been to where you kind of send that in and it's just radio sounds back. So I think one of the things that when we started it for the first event, we we're really, really keen that that really valuable part of the hobby people put a lot of time into
0: as rewarded appropriately Mm. yeah yeah i think that's really valuable actually to have because different aspects of the hobby will appeal differently to different people and so i think it's really valuable to have things that people can engage with on the level they enjoy Mm -hmm. so for some people that's going to be just the gaming and they will turn up they'll hand in a paragraph of army background to say this is these are my thousand sons whatever company under whatever commander, blah 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 blah, and that's essentially what they they hand in. Yeah. Um. But they're into the games, and they will they will tear apart the missions, and they will love them. But for someone who is like more on the narrative end of the spectrum, that gives you the opportunity to go nuts. Yeah. Um. For someone who's just into the painting, you're into the painting, and then we, uh, we will reward I guess mm. with uh, with the prize support those things differently um i think for people putting <laughs> on
3: events that that's something to bear in mind that harris yeah. is a very broad church and that uh, even if you potentially i think your points are really well made that you know you love painting and that's your big thing you hang a lot of your hat on that and that's your kind of hobby identity for some people they might not be a great painter but they might be a brilliant creative writer or they might yeah. be an amazing player they might know the rules side upside down left to right back to front and are really drive a great deal of enjoyment from winning their matches so i think one of the things to take away if you're writing events to try and cater for as many people as possible, being yeah. very nar- narrow and saying, "Well, it's only really kind of painters we want; it's only really gamers we want." I think probably limits your pool of people that will come. Yeah,
0: hundred percent. And I mean, don't forget as well, the, the setting was there before the game was. Yeah. So for like for me, definitely, I got pulled in through the books. Yeah, I think a lot of people yeah. are. you right. I think I think for a lot of us, uh, not necessarily older, but who have been around <laughs> in the hobby a bit Older, longer. Right. <laughs> Experienced. <laughs> a lot of green, my beard. Wise. <laughs> um, for, for us, wiser hobbyists um, who have been around for like Horace Rising came out in 2005, 2006. Oh, that was a yeah.
4: great day when that came out.
0: Um, and who got sucked into the setting through the books. We've kind of got more of that narrative perspective potentially anyway. So I think, and for for a setting that exists within like seven years from, mm-hmm. III to the end of the siege, mm. you've got a whole big scope of space to play in. It's a massive, massive sandpit that you can take over a corner of mm. and and throw some narrative together. Um, so I guess for again for anyone who's who's. Um, Looking to put on an event, don't feel tied to the big events of the heresy. Um, a lot of the a lot of the moments in the books aren't necessarily the big battles, but they're like scraps of. Um, well, for me, at least, a lot of the best moments in the books are the interactions between squads hmm. in the bigger picture. Yeah. So to to take that to a kind of macro mm-hmm. level, a lot of the more engaging moments in heresy narrative if you're putting on an event can seem like okay let's zoom in on this little system and see what's happening here
4: yeah
1: yeah I mean for every kind of beta Garmin you had there was probably thousands upon thousands of individual battles exactly it right. was a scale of isn't it? you know shi- mm. ship v ship things screaming into the void where there's just two ships yeah, and yeah. fight each the death and never recorded because there was no survivors there'll be thousands of that so it's about using your imagination really and just running riot with it to an extent I think mm. it's one of the things we do, do is we kind of we're starting to plan our next event we're just sitting down we just all throw ideas at a board and see what sticks and I think out of that usually comes a good event Yeah, so mm-hmm, it's a good approach Col- I think, I think that, that last point about working collaboratively I think in
3: the narrative for people putting on events I think it's good to have a crew of people thinking about it and then for me it definitely takes a lot of the burden off if there's lots of people not just to keep you right and but the thing yeah. you've just never thought about and you bounce an idea off and someone bounces something back I say, Oh, that's that's a brilliant idea. I would never have thought about that, or some like you're saying, like a scrap of lore that's in a book, one line or a couple of paragraphs, and you'd be able to weave that in and it gives that bit of continuity to your narrative. Yeah. But without you kind know, of very aggressively, you say shoehorn
0: like the big moments in, saying how everything's around a big battle like a Garmin or yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing. I mean it can like there's there's always going to be a temptation to to throw to um one of the big fights but it's hard to like pr- just practically in terms of if you are if you are running an event in a church hall or in a store or somewhere it's hard to match the scale of those like yeah. people are going to come in potentially with an idea of what that's going to feel like like if if we're doing siege games if we're doing is five if we're doing cygnus prime or any of those yeah like there's those are legion level mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. events and so it's hard to match that scale on a six foot by four foot table mm.
4: the um thing i find about those big settings as well it's quite hard to keep it to the sort of law with uh who's there really yeah. if you're playing Cygnus yep. prime yeah. you've got like space wolves turning up I mean, actually, that's a bad example because I think there were six of them there. But, <laughs> 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 it's going yeah, it's
2: to suck if you're the Space Wolves player. It's like I've brought my yeah, army. Exactly. Here's six yeah. dudes. <laughs> <laughs> but from yeah.
3: an EO perspective, you're spot on, and it's, it's interesting because when you start trying to get obviously people to to join mm. your event or your campaign day, you kind of have that in your back of your mind. Think, oh goodness, I hope like lots of people turn up. For example, with Iron Crag, it was set immediately post isfan fan, and yeah. you guys all bought into bringing some isfan-themed legions, but. You might not get that, and then it
0: does mean the narrative hangs a bit strange. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, actually, while we're there, the event was definitely very well supported in terms of prizes, mm. and I feel like we should probably take a moment to give a shout out to our sponsors. Oh, well, yep, definitely. Because uh, we, Graham. Graham just went gung-ho. Yeah, It was a bold strategy. I just sent
1: out pleading emails and hope for the best. Oh, um, I think you
0: did a fair
3: bit more than that, Graham,
0: though. You did a fantastic
1: job in securing uh, official prize support. I can't say on air what, what happened behind the scenes. To yes. secure such good This strategies. is a family podcast. This is a family podcast. Ignore all the redacted. Um, so, yeah, we had kind of five main sponsors. I did send out a bunch of emails to folk. Um... Really the biggest shout probably out to Anvil Industry who's done at Anvil Industry has been fantastically supportive, really keen. Really keen yeah. actually to come to an event potentially at some point in the future, mm. which is, is good to see from someone as well. Um, he provided bits for the giveaways, the kind of giveaway Goody bags. bags. Get yeah, goodie yeah, bags, that's goodie the word. Bags, yeah. Goody bags. And also gave us a voucher, which I didn't ask for, yeah. which was quite a nice little bonus, which we gave away in, in that actual kind of main prizes. Uh, we had Alex at Conversion World uh, from Germany who's again, fantastically supportive. Giving us some really cool weapons and also gave me some own sneaky uh, Dark Angels preview bits, which I'm not going to re- reveal to anyone. <laughs> 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 um, Except right here. Saving them for <laughs> the, next the Right event. here on this podcast, <laughs> yeah. only £10 to surprise. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we also had the guys at Bitsbox who I think sent us what we thought was going to be quite a small amount of things. Yeah. Uh, I remember sending Chris a picture and he thought, oh, three bags, that's quite good. And actually, no, it was 20 massive bags of bits. I mean, that was way... That I thought it. we had to break blew them our up minds, that That blew picture. our minds yeah, with that. Yeah, uh, fantastic and support. The Outpost, again, have been fantastic there as well. They've given they give them a £5 voucher. Also quite keen, again, for a team of them to come up to their next event, and also quite keen to support our events going forward. So again, mm. shout out to the Outpost. Fantastic guys. I buy their products regularly, and I think everyone else should w- as well. Were
2: they the ones that sent the weird, creepy baby heads that I was like, that would look great on some of <laughs> his children? Oh, um, <laughs> was it, I think? That was that, Bitsbox. It was oh, yeah.
3: <laughs> unconfirmed rumours that's from a 40k kit, but that, that is... <laughs> I yeah. think the th- thing that jumped out as well is we were very, maybe surprised is the wrong word, because Graham, as I say, did a great mm. job reaching out to people in the industry and really capturing their attention of what we're trying to do, which should obviously be commended for. But I think we even we were surprised that yeah. all those leads came to fruition and some yeah. of them are really big names in the industry. Yeah. And we, well, I certainly do use all those vendors yeah. from own conversions, cool. purchasing cool. stuff. Yeah. So I think it's quite good that it let us support the yeah. people that are supporting us as well in that mm. kind of positive mm. feedback way.
1: Yeah. I mean, the last one as well is obviously Puppets War. I think Strood actually said, I think you said Puppets War to I me. Think I, d- was I was might have you? done, yeah. I kind of dropped yeah. the name by. I thought, what, chance an email at the guy and the guy's given his vouchers for his stone. It's just pretty cool, kind of unique it's models. Yeah, yeah. Either yeah. 3D printed or he'll print them for you and send them to you. So, I mean, again, I've not looked at stuff, but I've now got some stuff on order from him. So, yeah, all, all people are quite keen to support Heresy. And I think that's quite good because Heresy is indeed quite a small niche part of gaming. Is wide a wider yep. group and it's good mm. people want to support it and... It's good for us, it's good for the community, so. Definitely, yeah. definitely. Alex, what do you think about, you're you a recipient of prizes, so. Oh
4: yeah, I mean, the events you guys put on, they're a mind-blowing in the level of support you get and what you guys put in yourselves for the, the prizes. Um, and going back to what we were saying earlier, like the the um, actual prizes for each thing, so with the painted and the yeah. narrative, and then the best army combining everything, the difference sort of breadth of those things lets everyone sort of have a chance to yes. get some yeah. prizes and the amount and quality of the prizes coming out are amazing. Like limited edition books, I mean, that you just literally can't buy anymore. <laughs> so that, that kind of thing is, is amazing. And the goodie bags yeah. as well. Um, if you pay your entry price and you get a bag full of stuff, which is basically the same kind of value for hobby, it's mm. it's amazing. Yeah. It
3: was part of the thing that again, Graham and I were standing ground Games a couple of years ago, rolling dice and talking about trying to form a gaming group and run some events. It was one of the things that I think we thought would be quite cool. You know, what would be your what I keep calling somewhat, um, I don't I don't know a non swear word for this sort of boutique <laughs> event. You know, <laughs> w- wanky was the word I was going to use. Be- I'll be redacting them, Shiverston. but you know, sort of where maybe you've got a smaller total number of attendees yeah. who pay maybe slightly more than a sort of standard ticket. But as you are saying, Alex, actually what you take out of the event is probably comparable to your ticket price, but with lots of things around different industry, you know, vendors like Graham's saying, different price support. And I'll be honest, I really enjoy sourcing the prices because the events take so long to plan. It's quite good fun. You can keep your eyes on eBay or on the trading (laughs) sites and pick up these little goodies.
2: So That was was one of the things I was going to say in terms of like practical advice is that I think having, having a good amount of lead time is really important for sourcing, you know, prizes like uh, you know as a group for getting kind of industry backing having the time to do the play testing um, like that's all that stuff's really important and you can uh, and you can only really do that if you've got that that amount of time leading up to it
3: yeah i think the prizes are the i think probably around right about six seven months out i start kind of looking with my eyes mm. more seriously and then in the last couple of months you start to kind of start putting the money down to to, to get them in in a good lead time and i think if you're getting custom stuff done
0: yeah, sorry. No, 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 no. Uh, we're just going to pause for a second uh, because my dog is banging on the door, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> it seems like a good time to break. So yeah. we're going to take a quick break. Maybe if I if I can find some, I'll edit in some little elevator music here for a few <laughs> seconds. <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, that's, uh,
3: that's uh, the same song if we do it. Like <laughs> uh, really helpful, guys. Well done.
0: Thank you, thank, you for, thank you for that wonderful fade-in of uh, background music. Um, <laughs> Copyright free. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I guess just to, just to, I guess, close that off, and I appreciate that I, I didn't mention this in the few minutes that we just spent chatting about what we we're going to talk to, but if I guess if we had one tip or, like, top tips for people going forward in terms of, like, can be narrative mission design player engagement whatever pl- prize support whatever it is um, what do you reckon? Should we do one each? Yeah let's yeah, do I mean, one I, each
1: I think it's you have to be constantly on, on it I think to an extent all of us I will admit that we kind of laid off for a good while a good couple of months we didn't really do very much for it and then all of a sudden we had a new addition, and then we had to scramble to, to a bit to catch up I think not horrendously so because the narrative was kind of done before that but more from the missions we left that later than I would have liked to do I think we all mm. had lost a bit of interest in it to an extent, I think, which is easy done. Downtime. You know, we haven't done it, so.
3: Got to have the downtime as yeah. well. I think have your downtime.
1: Keep yourself take your time away from YouTube, but also keep yourself invested in it, so you're ready to go when you need to. Would be my kind of wisdom.
2: Yeah, I think mine would be the uh, like to have a clear vision of what you want your event to be in your head, and and to more or less stick to that. Obviously, take constructive advice on board. But if you're like, I want to run a narrative thing, then don't be afraid to have that be the thing that you're doing if you're like i want to run a super competitive thing then feel free to do that but just make it make it clear from the outset so that people who want that will be invested in your event and then also you know you have a clear vision in your head of what you're building
0: yeah i think that's really important especially yep. like because we're we're obviously a, a heresy community mm. group we don't mm-hmm. we don't own and run a shop no. so we we don't necessarily have to consider um making money in mm putting our event on we're, we're essentially cost neutral we probably run yeah. it at a, at a loss if we looked yeah. at it holistically but for someone who's running a shop who it is, it is their livelihood you're not going to be able to have that flexibility yeah mm-hmm. um so uh bear that in mind i guess as well like have a picture yeah. like if if, if you want to do it to get people in the door mm-hmm. and to maybe pick up a heresy box set or whatever it is then have that as your have that as your impetus don't don't run yourself into the ground trying to do something cool and lose your shop because friendly local game shops are really important to yeah to our the yeah. ongoing community so maybe pair with uh, a group of gamers mm-hmm. who are keen to put something on yeah um don't try and do it all yourself because as chris was saying before i think it it takes it takes a village to raise mm. an event yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's, an,
1: it's an investment doesn't it? it's you get in what you you, know, you get out what yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: you put in yeah yeah yeah
3: yeah I mean I think maybe probably just be picking up on Nick and Struth's team I think if I'm allowed two points one would definitely be to collaborate because I think mm. that's something that is poorly done yeah. at times in the community where a lot of drive to be very insular and kind of have things that are just my little part and this is the thing I do and actually I think you, you really limit yourself because there's so much I think we've learned and developed over the last mm. two and a bit years now working together And then just practical advice is leave yourself plenty of time to order things, custom stuff. Although it's really cool. uh, It's a bit stressful. If you leave it too late, did that with the first event. And then the second time round left myself probably plus a hundred percent lead in time for the dice and the markers and things to get made. So it was a a lot more relaxing to see that trip through. And then Graham got COVID. Uh, Oh yeah. I suppose (laughs) Graham did get COVID and totally stressed me at the first time, but that was not his fault. In fairness,
4: (laughs) I think so from a player's perspective as well. Um, an important thing well, a, a good thing um that i like to see as a chat group where mm. people can oh kind yeah, of yeah. post up what they're doing sort yeah. of what stage they're at mm-hmm. and um for me especially painting at 4am in the travel lodge the day before <laughs> <laughs> maybe sort of keep an eye on where your players are so you can say like oh hey you've got a week left maybe it's
3: good for generating a little bit of hype as well and yeah. i guess with you hat on there's there's little announcements that it's quite easy to do if you've got a chat group or you're utilizing the facebook page really effectively you got good membership to that that might be a bit more difficult if you don't really have that sort of yeah. communications mm-hmm. link uh, you're having to speak to maybe 20 people individually which doesn't sound really that fun because even just trying to wrangle you all on the one <laughs> whatsapp <with> stressful enough at times i
0: suppose that's that can be that can be a role for the captains as well like yeah, it's, it's a good way to kind of delegate some of that responsibility mm. is to say okay captains it's part of your job to make sure that everyone's got at least three colors and based for their army on the day so like get in the chat and hype that up Mm -hmm. so that i mean that may come more naturally to some people than it does to others but i think that's that's a good way of kind of not having you as the as the event organizer doing Everything. of internal
3: policing and kind of setting the tone early yeah. for the players. That's yeah, a really good point. Yeah, no. The gatekeeper yeah.
2: being inside the house all along. The gatekeeper <laughs>
3: <wasn't>. <laughs> <laughs>
4: There's a gatekeeper inside all of us, Nick. You just need to let, let them come out. I think it was good having a sort of team representative because we had, um, for the last one, the sort of main event chat where everyone was in and then a the loyalist and a yeah. traitor chat. I think having someone from the team just to sort of pop in and be like, hey, how's it going? And mm. maybe delegate Or from some the team. Stuff. you mean? Yeah.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah we, we do that. I think kind of mechanically for that. Yeah. Point. you're saying that's, yeah. that's a really good way to do it because it actually quite good fun like I was sitting in the traitor chat but I had no idea what was going on <laughs> yeah. in the loyalist chat so it was great to see all yeah, the hobby and all the armies <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of fun and I'm sure vice yeah. versa yeah. getting to see yeah, all the yeah, cool yeah. traitor yeah. legions no, and
1: fluff good. it takes a lot of engagement I think you don't want to be hounding folks to say right get your army painted but at the same time you want to be kind of hounding them to get their army painted yeah, it's, it's about doing it in nice a way, way it's like oh how are you getting on what I'm painting this week what are you doing nudge nudge yeah. <laughs> wink wink meaningful looks oh and get capes
3: Capes are good fun. Capes Ooh, are good yeah. fun. We would yeah. also go. Good way to identify the emo team if yeah. you've got capes,
0: banners, sigils. Cloaks. Careful now. Moving swiftly forward, mm. favorite bits. Let's start with Alex, because we haven't started with Ooh, Alex yet.
4: Anticlockwise. Yeah, that's right. Um Well, from the last event, the doubles pairing on on the second day were really good and I think it kind of worked out really well for me um because I know you did some sort of crazy maths to get all the um pairings done um but having my Empress children playing as loyalist uh, matched up with some iron hands having the setting just after um, isvan was really cool narratively for me um and we kind of even like us the players at the table had that conversation like hey this is really cool this is like a really fluffy thing to happen um so that was really cool um the character advancements were <laughs> awesome like my phoenix warden just becoming a um a psyker halfway through <laughs> has kind of completely screwed my um army progression plans. so i was going to go down the mariscara role but i haven't got enough uh, hq slots to fit a librarian in now so i've completely <laughs> scrapped mariscara and i'm going down a weird That's psychic route with nullificators and all kind of stuff now
3: this was your favorite but
4: well yeah it's great <laughs> um yeah, and then the special missions were, were great. Um, the last mission I played was in Zone Mortalis with a, a little flitting wraith, and we didn't really... I think you are going to... Uh, well, that, that was cool, on but that, uh, I'll let you talk about it. Oh, wow. Um Well, from a player's perspective, it was awesome because the two of us playing on the table sort of didn't really fight each other right till the end. It was this scary monster that appeared. They we were like, oh, killed a scary monster, and you got VPs for killing that over and over and over again. Um so that kind of kind of became the focus and the game against the players kind of was happenstance as we ran into each other in the corridors, um, which was really cool. It was a really cool sort of way to introduce a new element without sort of taking away um, an aspect of the game. That's cool.
3: Mm-hmm. So well, part of that is T, some other things we'll probably do down the line. Yeah. But it speaks back to the mailer comments about doing the PvPVE, <coughs> and yeah. I think you're right. It, it's a tricky thing to pull off. But again, Graham, you can kind have of DM dungeon mastered yeah. that yeah. whole game as a sort of proof of concept for something else we're working on. So it was really, it was great as a EO to see that you and your opponent, Sam, seemed to have a great time playing yeah. with it. So um, I think, I, I can't believe you have not mentioned it, my favorite part is always the character advancements. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe I drew a blank in that to start with. So uh, what, uh, at the first event, we kind of had a sort of fairly generic sort of D20 role And then, I kind of got into the weeds a little bit about trying to put the Emperor's Tarot on it and then Struhan came to my rescue and kind of took it away from me <laughs> 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 and stre- it, it, you know, sedated me and put me in the corner you know, and said, right, it's fine, I'll sort this out for you. And it, But on a serious note, I think it was similar because it kept true to the original mechanic, which is that kind of Dungeons & Dragons SD20 randomization, yeah. mm. progression with a bit of support from the event organizers, mm. but really aggressively tying into the sort of 40K and 30K canon and continuity yeah. and i uh, before the event had written some story pieces on the website that kind of sort of reflected you know what a librarian or like a proto-librarian might be doing to prognosticate and how they would use the tarot to try and sort of tie the two together so it was good to yeah. see that on the day that people yeah. had good fun and they turned into demons and all sorts of weird yeah. powers and things <laughs> yeah. occurred and you know it's quite exciting
0: yeah I am um, so as Chris has mentioned, I've I put together this character advancement chart. So essentially, what you, what happens is after each mission, your warlord rolls on this table, and there's there's twenty options initially, um, like well, uh, twenty results, I should say initially. Uh, and depending on what you roll on the d twenty, you will get either. Uh, so, for example. Um, you will get either your warlord gains preferred enemy loyalist or preferred enemy traitor, depending on which side you're on. You might get plus one to your strength characteristic, uh, plus one to your weapons and ballistic skill if engaged in single combat outside of a challenge. Da 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 da. Mm-hmm. There's, there's all these different kind of results. Um, just to kind of, I think. It, that kind of advancement in between the missions gives you a sense of the narrative pushing forward. Mm-hmm. Um, and it gives you like, cause your, your wallet is, is essentially, uh, I know not, not everyone thinks about it like this way, but your wallet is essentially you on the table. Like you, they're your proxy on mm-hmm. the tabletop. Um, so it, it's almost like that little dopamine hit of, oh, I'm better than I was at the start <laughs> of this campaign. Um, but the idea, the idea behind it was just to go a bit, a little bit weird. Um mm-hmm. so we had um uh, this this is not canon, but in my head, the way that these things uh unpack is is essentially the gatekeeper who is this AI who's escaped from um imprisonment that she was in uh that first Manus chucked her in before the heresy started but has now escaped is trying to see um how the the powers that be in the galaxy respond to different um different stimuli different impetus different whatever it is so she's essentially taking um physical fabric of the universe um little bit of the warp as well and just kind of throwing it and seeing what sticks Mm. so all of a sudden this warlord who's kind of engaged in this safehold battle comes away from a battle uh feeling slightly stronger Oh, I don't know how that's happened, mm. um, but it's it's essentially the gatekeeper going, "Hmm, what happens if I do this?" If anyone's ever seen uh, the TV show Person of Interest, there's a there's like this rogue AI in the background that kind of tries to mess around with the way that the world works and which like pushes boundaries and stuff. Like that. And so that was part of the inspiration for for me putting or like refining, I guess, the original concept of the character advancement chart. Um, which was a a really interesting spin to put on it because originally it was
3: just very much learning from experience. So it kind of, in a happy accent, kind of ties in that the first event is kind of the characters learn from their own experiences. And then, as you've divulged, the second event is a bit more the gatekeeper learning from these experiences. And I I think, although the more kind of spooky aspects of 30K <coughs> are closer towards the siege. I think one of the things that's quite interesting is all the way through the story, there's these little nods and nudges yeah. towards the occult aspects. that yeah. is here. Exactly, yeah, exactly, which is one of the fa- my favourite bits from the stories. Right early on, there's that kind of yeah. Lovecraftian feel about otherworldly yeah, 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 yeah. gods and monsters. Yeah. And um, that that's something that's the bridge, I think, from 30k to 40k so as the story develops and as the setting develops across that seven-year cycle it's quite good just to slide them a little bit in i think there's lots of stuff in the um the pack as well about some of the settings and some of the actual environment tiles yeah. that we wrote some of them are kind of yeah. more overtly sort of spooky and chaos infused than others mm.
2: yeah um yeah. to uh, my, my favorite event um, well, my favorite moment of the event was um just some, some really nice happens well i say nice the events I'm about to describe were not nice at all. Um, <laughs> <laughs> one, of the, one of the specialist missions uh, had uh, Gareth and his Traitor Empress children against um, it was Alex and his Wendigo uh, Space Wolves um attacking a a, a convoy uh, that was making its way through a highway um that could have many things in in the in the trucks um that they were attacking and gareth managed to consistently roll that he always found humans to take back and render down into trucks. <laughs> you know he opened about six of these trucks and every time just found like cowering hordes of people and he was like great you're coming back with me <laughs> um, and I and I thought that was that was really funny. Uh, yeah, I'd no, i <laughs> keep that. Was, that and was a creepy. genuine
3: happy accent. It wasn't written
2: <laughs> no. to play out that no, way. Right. Yeah. No, it, just, it wasn't. So that, sometimes the dice just really like to tell a good story.
0: Yeah, yeah that was the
4: story a... was humans Human being traffic. rendered down <laughs> <to> drugs. <laughs> <to> <laughs> <say>. general, <laughs>
0: general suffering yeah. and a horrible death. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
4: yeah, I, I heard that entire game happening from like across the room. So <laughs> <laughs> that was <hilarious. laughs>
3: There's a lot of after data, which is good to yeah, see when are behind the desk. People will have a good time.
1: The first thing you do is want folk to enjoy themselves really isn't that's more important for us than anything else is our folk going to enjoy this yeah mm. um i mean i think my favorite moment probably was again they kind of is the PvPVE and bb being the e part of it mm. at one yeah. point controlling giant wasps which we had in a box <laughs> 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 uh, and the second point is alex was saying with the wraith and some of the moments and that was quite funny just like things like uh sam who had word bearers, had a demon and he's like, no, my demon's better than yours, so I'm going to fight my- your demon with my demon. <laughs> and that happened a few times. And then I think the other time was the Wraith, which was like a big demon-wasp monster thing from some yeah, horror that just kept continuously spawning next to Alex's units. <laughs> so we, the, way we, the mechanic we had for it was it basically it just appeared in a random table quarter. And three times in a row appeared right in the middle of Alex's tactical squads, <laughs> <laughs> and I think I ended up chasing them, won them off the border, then, which is quite yeah, good. Yeah. So, just, it, it let me into that a bit more with the game, be a bit more involved, and I quite enjoyed that from from my point of view has been the e part of it, which is quite good. Yeah,
0: yeah, I think so. I'm really looking forward to um, incorporating more of that in the future. I think uh, Chris and I particularly are very, very into D and D. It, and want to see more D and the way the heresy works mm-hmm. and we're not shy about that and I, i'm grateful for you guys who rein us in uh when we need to be reined in when we're going off a bit on a tangent so it's always a bit of a balance but there's yeah. so much
3: you can learn from other games other game systems different mechanics to bring through and there's so much cross-pollination <laughs> i think for people that play 40k or 30k with yeah. other game systems that a lot of it Initially seems like oh that's just totally different that's new I've not seen that before but actually it's quite intuitive yeah when, yeah, when yeah. people are doing it in real time or well, that that's certainly been my experience sat at the desk no one kind of looks blankly at you yeah. when you proffer them the d twenty and ask <laughs> if they would like to make a roll they'll go oh, yes definitely what twenty <laughs> <laughs> so, so we're doing something right <laughs> yeah.
0: cool so looking forward mm. to twenty twenty three and beyond um I know we've got some stuff in the pipeline we're not mm. we're not fully ready to divulge all of that. Um, but we've definitely got a a pathway to our next event, which mm. I think, and this this may well be helpful for um, other people running stuff, or especially guys guys running stores. Um, if you if you aren't quite ready to put on uh, a full like two day, five times three thousand points games, um, style event then then this might be helpful for you guys um but looking forwards um we are we potentially hoping to have the third part of the gatekeeper sequence uh, kind of this time in 2023 so late 2023 q4 2023 for those who work in finance um, <laughs> So we are essentially using, looking to utilize our monthly or semi-monthly uh, hobby hangouts uh, to to ultimately kind of not playtest, but run to some leading missions. Yeah, advance yeah. the story. We'll call yeah, it that. we'll call it advancing the story. So, um, as I say, we have a we have a pathway. Do we want to talk about what oh, go we, how we're doing
2: that? Yeah. So, so the, 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 the idea is that um, kind of between now and the, the next event, we will have kind of every month uh, a mission that will play at the, the hobby hangout. Um, but also will be kind of you know, up uh, on, on the Internet and a kind of uh, uh, a Internet spreadsheet that will keep of you know, loyalists versus traitors, how the sides are doing as uh as the various sides kind of make their way from safe hold and retreat to to the the staging ground of the next event um and yeah that's the that's the plan
3: yeah and one of the things that i think again really well supported by a couple of game stores have have reached out unprompted and asked you know really like what you're doing the events look great can you run something for us but Mm. uh, it is yeah Struan was saying going. And straight in saying, have you got 3,000 points? Do you want to play f- five games over two days? Is quite a big buy. And I think not just for stores, but for attendees. Mm-hmm. So often doing, I think what well, I'm going to call, again, somewhat wankily pop-up events and say it's just a one-dayer, and it's maybe yeah. only two or three games, but yeah. trying to incorporate that into the wider setting. And Alex and I spoke about how we can do that with some of the map work and, yeah. and think yeah. about some of the background. So that even if yeah. perhaps you can't come to our quarter four event, that's okay, because you might have actually contributed to the event cycle anyway by playing yeah. a couple of Monday night games. Yeah. You might have played yeah. a campaign day. Yeah. You might have just played a pickup up game with your friend and contributed to next sort of spreadsheet um, I think that again that was something pretty unique and yeah. certainly an, in our part of the world I think
0: so we've we've got a little bit of an, of an advantage in that we we have kind of direct contact with our player base via whatsapp mm. and we've got a we've got a fairly large heresy Scotland group mm. um yeah, I mean it's the, it's, it's
1: the largest heresy group in Scotland that I'm aware of
0: yeah mm. probably
1: Damn. I think with yeah. social media, we, social we would media
3: comfortably media. be, yeah. And I think it's been quite good that because I admin the Horace Harris to the national page, it's been easy to, as Drew says, integrate the social media aspects with that, with more direct engagement. And we've been very lucky in that because we've had a lot of buy-in. Um, yep. But something I would encourage people that are running events to do is maybe to think a bit more about that and how can yeah. you directly engage on a one-to-one or conversational kind of WhatsApp setting with people because it's actually a lot easier to attract people to events if there's... Yeah entrenched players maybe like yeah. us who are welcoming and <laughs> committed and really yeah. positive yeah. versus kind of just advertising at a shop again He's going back event. to your point you know a two-day event is there a community in that store that's able to sort of even engage with that possibly not yeah
0: i mean so i guess with the with the <coughs> new box and the new edition we've had uh, a lot more buy-in from people who are, who have kind of towed the edge Absolutely. around um, around heresy for a, a good couple of years but not having the or not appearing to have much support from GW main mm. um, whereas now we've got all this stuff coming out and all these cool kits um I guess there's a there's definitely a new player base and people are definitely hungry to to get into the game mm-hmm. at least that's how it seems to me yeah. but I guess for for people who are wanting to to put on events for people who are wanting to to kind of get that community buy-in uh it can be it can be hard to know where to start and so that's that's kind of why we've sat down and and had this chat and recorded this um this podcast which may well be the first of more Mm -hmm. um we're enjoying the vibe, I think. Yeah. So, yeah, we'll probably come back to some, at some point. updates from the war anyway, regardless of whether you don't like it. Yeah,
3: that's right. We need some war reporting.com. <laughs> oh, <geez. laughs>
0: Dateline. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tonight in the warp. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that's, that's essentially the. <laughs> oh, Chris. <laughs> Chris is breaking my house, everyone. Yes. It's all right. It's all right. We'll survive um yeah i guess the the thrust behind this is just to um just to give a bit of our experience as i've already said um putting on events for heresy specifically and just to um just to share some of that with you guys out in the ether to hopefully encourage you i mean we We're by no means precious, and we would love to see more people doing more events because absolutely. that means yeah, we absolutely. don't have to do them all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it's I think it's a really it's a really good time for heresy mm. just generally, yeah. which you know taking out of context is a weird thing to say, yeah. but I think it's a it's a good time for for the heresy. It's a good time for thirty k and um if you wanna. If you want to start doing community engagement with fellow heresy hobbyists, then crack on.
4: Yeah,
0: let's yeah. let's see it. I mean, you find us on pace Facebook where we're either Warzone Heresy Scotland, Warzone Heresy Community, or yeah. yeah. So we've got um,
3: um, war, If you Google Warzone Heresy Scotland, we're the yeah. first half a dozen hits, yeah. and within that got the community page as well which is fairly active yeah. so people post their own works in progress their own sort of creative writing campaigns and stuff yeah. so it's quite just a good resource actually if people yeah. are just looking to flick through and the event pages obviously hold all the event packs which yeah. is yep. maybe for if people yeah, are that's good thinking good that's yeah. like what challenge. does an event pack even kind of look yeah. like
1: and we well, also run competitions as well uh, yeah i think we've yeah. had a sort of halloween competition well that was right yeah, yeah, yeah our, our halloween just, competition's just finished yeah you know so we do try and run regular competitions just to encourage folk you know i think it reaches a wider audience it's better for us gets people more interested in the hobby.
0: We're about to all be attacked by a golden retriever who's feeling starved <laughs> for perfection. So we're probably gonna sign off now. Um this <laughs> went thing. on far longer than I think any of us were planning for it to. So thanks for thanks for <laughs> listening if you've made it this far. Um <laughs> really appreciate it. And we will be in touch in the future. Find us on Facebook, find us on Instagram, I think yeah kind yeah, of kind we of do,
1: instagram's something i need to get more involved <laughs> in but again it's it's a work in progress
0: but we are wars and heresy scotland and we will sign off in a witty and well thought out way <laughs> thanks everyone Cheerio.